0: Welcome to Starting the Conversation, the podcast which uncovers what it really looks like to run a business, shop online and do your own thing. If we haven't been introduced before, hello, my name's Alice. I'm a digital marketing coach based in the UK and I'm the host of this podcast. There's nothing I enjoy more than talking about the unspoken sides of being an entrepreneur and sitting down in conversation with others who get it. We all know how running a business and being self-employed can very often be a lonely and consuming experience. So it's my intention that these episodes bring a bit of encouragement and community to what you're doing. In today's episode, I'll be asking the question of whether your business could exist without Instagram. So if you're ready to face reality head on and discover ways to diversify your marketing, then keep on listening. Well, welcome back to the podcast and welcome to episode number 46 of Starting the Conversation. Now, I just have to say before we get into today's episode that I'm recording this from my car on a random street in Nottingham. I do not live in Nottingham and I obviously don't normally record podcast episodes from my car, but to let you in on something, um, pretty much every single solo episode, so any episode that's just me talking on my own on this podcast is take number two. I very often plan the episode, record it once, realise all the things that I didn't or did want to say and then re-record it. So shock horror, that has happened but if you follow me over on Instagram you'll know that this week and for the past week as well I'm travelling the UK to record a load of guest episodes. So it's a Sunday, I am sat in my car trying to get this recorded, this is the only quiet space I could find so bear with me. And if you're listening to this, it means that I've made it, so claps to all of us. I apologise if the sound is a bit different to usual, but, you know, we're just going to have to deal with it and laugh at the fact that I'm sat in my car at 6pm on a Sunday evening on my own. I probably look like a total weirdo. But let's get into today's episode, which is the first marketing-themed conversation on this podcast in 2019. I don't know what it is about a new year, but I just feel the need to, you know, make a statement whenever anything is the first of the year. Um, But actually, because I find myself talking about marketing, marketing so much, particularly digital marketing, with my clients and, you know, in my work and in my everyday, it's actually something that I don't always jump to talk about on this podcast. Sometimes I'm so, like, done with talking about algorithms and branding and content and strategies that when it comes to this podcast, I just want to talk about all the other elements and all the other areas involved in running a business. But I know that for a lot of you, digital marketing is something that you want to get better at in your business. And I thought, what better way to start the new year than to focus on sustainability and diversity within your marketing. Because you might have seen from today's episode title, I'm asking you the question, could your business exist without Instagram? This is actually one of the questions that I often find my clients coming to me for. They come to me and say, Alice, I need your help. I don't know what to do. I've realized that if Instagram shut down tomorrow, I wouldn't have an audience. I wouldn't have a business and I wouldn't have anywhere to share my message and therefore make sales. So let me first ask you that question, without fill in the blank, would your business exist? Maybe for you it's Instagram, maybe for you it's Facebook, maybe for you it's Twitter, but is your business solely relying on one social media platform to be successful, to make sales and to give you an audience? Now, please, please, please do not feel bad for whatever answer you may give, because I have been in that position where my whole business is relying on a third party platform. And it makes sense. Social media platforms are incredibly intuitive. They're incredibly powerful. It's amazing that just these apps on our phones empower so many millions of people to build businesses, to connect with audiences and to share their message. But the flip side of that is because it can be such an exciting platform and something that feels so good to us, it can be all that we're drawn to if we're marketing intuitively and therefore only marketing in places where we're getting the traction that we want and we're enjoying what we're doing it's very very easy to only end up on social media platforms instagram and pretty much any social media when it comes to building a business is pretty short term We post something, we get instant gratification, instant comments, instant likes, instant engagement, instant connection with our audience. So actually, if we're just following what feels good to us, it's only natural that we would only be attracted to sharing and using social media for our businesses. And you see a lot both, you know, as I said, it's been true within my business that I suddenly had to have that wake-up call of, okay, am I relying on myself or am I purely relying on these other platforms? But I see it a lot with other people as well who are building their businesses purely on Instagram. Now, this obviously not necessarily is a bad thing. Like in an ideal world, Instagram and Facebook and whatever else we're using are gonna be around for years and they're never gonna change. But The reality is and we've seen it before with the you know Instagram algorithm coming into play things do change. When we think about Instagram when we think about Facebook we are not their customer. Now I hate to break that to you. You are not the person that Facebook cares the most about. So obviously when Facebook and Instagram realized that people were making hundreds of thousands of pounds for free using their platforms they thought okay we need a slice of this pie so what they did they turned to their customers who are the people paying big money for paid advertising and made it so much more lucrative that's why we're in a position now where organic reach is so much lower than it used to be because the reality is these platforms aren't made for us to get organic reach they're made in a way that we're on the platform so that the big businesses paying hundreds of thousands of pounds for paid advertising are getting the success rates that they want the reality is, building on any form of borrowed space, whether it's a social media platform or just another place where you can share, isn't a long term game because you are putting everything in the trust of this other business. If Instagram decides tomorrow that they want to shut down, or if Facebook decides that they no longer want to support business accounts, your whole business, if that's the only place that it exists, is suddenly doomed. If your whole audience is on social media and you don't have one anywhere else, the moment an algorithm change comes into play that impacts you, or just the moment that your industry changes and people aren't using that platform anymore, your business is insecure. And I don't know about you, but that slightly terrifies me. My One of my words for this year in terms of my intentions is sustainability. And I think, yes, sustainability in terms of our impact on the earth is so important. Yes, sustainability in terms of our workload is important. But it's also important for us to consider how we're building a business in a sustainable way. If you are building purely on social media platforms, you are not building sustainably because you're building for now and not building for the future. I'm actually naturally quite a long term thinker, so I'm quite consistently asking myself questions if you know, does this fit into the long term? Is this creating the lifestyle and the business that I want in two to five years time? Or is this just feeding my like in the moment wants that I have right now? And I think we don't always apply that to the way that we're using social media in our businesses. And that's kind of why I wanted to make this episode today, because I knew that that question of would your business exist without Instagram would probably be a difficult question for some of us to answer. So let me ask you for a moment. Would you have an audience without Instagram? Would you have enough sales coming into your business without Instagram? And would your business have a presence online without Instagram? Instagram now I know that I'm just talking about Instagram within that but you can fill in the gap if there's another social platform that you're you know solely building on then you can kind of put that word in there too but think about those questions for a moment and actually the answer to that question may not sit very well with you It's a horrible thing to come to terms with, with like, okay, maybe my business isn't being built for the long term right now. Maybe what I'm doing right now isn't giving me sustainability or security. Maybe actually I'm playing a short term game rather than a long term one. But keep listening to this episode because I'm going to share with you three ways that you can diversify your marketing and secure your business this year. As I mentioned, one of my words for this year is sustainability. So I'd really encourage you throughout 2019 to face this thing head on. I think it's very easy to, you know, have that fleeting thought of, oh, it's probably not the best thing that my whole audience is on Instagram and that's where I make all my sales and then bury your head in the sand and just pretend that it hasn't come to terms with that. But I think the reality is the sooner that we think about this, the sooner that we think long term, the better our business is going to be. So take this episode as that kind of kick up the butt to take a step back, look at the big picture and reconsider the way you're marketing in order to build a business which isn't just building the lifestyle and, you know, the success that you want right now, but also how you want that to look in two, five, 10 years time. So let's get into this. The first thing that I want to share with you, which I'm sure you're probably expecting because it's something that I talk about a lot, particularly with my clients and is something that I think people are probably bored of me banging on about, is email marketing. As I said, you probably saw that coming. I love to talk about email marketing um, both here on the podcast and also with my clients because it is something that I really, really, really believe is fundamental in building longevity into a marketing plan. I've said it before but social media is borrowed ground. You have a total lack of autonomy over who your audience um, is, who your audience can be, how your audience is seeing your content, whether your audience is seeing your content and that's a really dangerous thing. When we think about email marketing though we have complete control over the people that are on our list in terms of what they see from us, how frequently they see it, in what way they see it, whether they choose to see it, the power is well and truly in ours and our audience's hands, which is just not something that you can say about a social media platform. When it comes to email marketing, actually I think it's so much more valuable to have 50 people on a list who are engaged with what you do, who love your business, who are relevant to what you offer, than to have 500 people on social media who just quite like double tapping your posts and think that your stories are quite amusing. For me, email marketing is a long-term game and not a short one. When I'm thinking about the way that I use email within mine and my clients' businesses, it's never about beginning to see sales immediately. Not in the same way that with social media, you can put something out and immediately get that engagement and immediately have people act on your calls to actions. To me, email is about putting content out there, putting work into content, intentionally creating amazing emails in a way that is going to attract, engage and really serve an audience. So that in six months time, in a year's time, when I'm ready to share something, when I'm on offering, you know, a new service within my business, I've got a list of people there who are not only relevant to that offering, but who trust me, who know me, who understand my expertise and who already have done all that background work Up to the point of being ready to make a purchase. Email marketing, I think, is one of the things that we don't always feel drawn to within our businesses because it feels a bit clunky. It doesn't give us that instant gratification that social media does, so it's quite difficult to understand how to do it right, how it's going to fit into your business, and what it actually looks like. I think we also have some quite negative connotations when it comes to email marketing. We think of it as spam, we think of it as boring newsletters or constant sales pitches. But I think for us, when we think about email marketing in terms of our businesses, we've got to see it as its own content stream. For me, that was a real revelation, both in my business and in the way that I teach others was realizing that actually those negative assumptions that I had about email marketing were true for the people that were using it in that way. But for me and for my clients, there was a possibility to harness the power of email marketing for a way that would build longevity into a business. And I'll say it again, that is by seeing email marketing as its own content stream, not using it as a place to promote your latest blog post or to just point people to Towards what's going on in your business but using it as a place where people can get exclusive and in-depth and remarkable content from you which is a level up from what people can reach without any form of kind of give back. The beauty with email marketing is that people are giving you complete permission to jump into their inbox and with that permission becomes huge responsibility because the reality is if someone chooses to unsubscribe from your email marketing you cannot speak to them again. But if someone chooses to unfollow you on social media, you can probably retarget them. They'll probably keep seeing your content somehow and they might be tempted to re-engage. I think sometimes that's the scary thing about email marketing is that we don't really understand what we should be sharing or how we should be sharing it. Um, so I did actually have, I'm not gonna go into a ton of detail in this episode. I did an episode early on in the podcast actually, showing five ways to step up your email marketing. And it's all about this same topic, about how email marketing is building on your own ground and it's all about building longevity in your business and in the way that you market what you do. So if you wanna go and have a listen to that, that was episode number 16. And that will go a bit more in depth about practical ways that you can figure out what you want to share and how you want to share it in that way that's going to use email marketing for good. So that was the first way that you can really diversify and secure your marketing and your business this year. The second way that you can do that, which you might not expect actually, because you probably already have it in place, is your website. Now, that might not seem obvious to you because I think for a lot of us, a website is a pretty standard thing that we have. We set up ourselves for taxes. We host a website. We, you know, do whatever else you do when you start a business. It's a bit of a tick box exercise. And then we just got it there to go. Having a website, I think, is something that 80 to 100% probably of us could say that we have. But how many of us could say that we utilize it as part of our marketing? I think for a lot of us, we set up a website when we first start our business, and then it kind of doesn't really take itself any further than that. But the thing is, a website is an amazing place because again, similar to email marketing, you have total control over how the information and the content is presented, how people navigate through those pages, what experience your audience has, and where they're guided from that. That's just not a level of autonomy that you get when it comes to social media. But when we start to think, you know, well, what does it actually look like for people to be interested to go to my website? Well, it's about making your website so much more than just a stagnant landing page. I know that kind of at the core, you know, every single website should share who we are, what we do and how people can engage with that. That's standard, right? I can bet that your website has that. But my question to you is, does your website have anything which is encouraging people to come back time and time again? If I already know what your business is, what you do and whether I'm interested in that, what is compelling me to click on that link in your Instagram bio and check out your website? I think so many of us have websites which are just stagnant, sitting still and acting as the hub of our business but never really getting anyone to them and therefore we are majorly, majorly underusing a huge platform that we have at our fingertips. It's true to probably ask yourself right now, does your website do any more than just tell people who you are and what you do? Is there anything about your website which would encourage someone to come back time and time again for fresh, new, relevant content? Now you might be asking me, Alice, well, if my website already says all the standard stuff, how do I make it somewhere that people want to keep coming back to? Well... That brings me greatly onto the third way that you can really diversify and secure your marketing, which is by utilising long form content. Now, when we're talking here about using your website more, one of the biggest ways that you can get people to your website is to use it to house content. And when we think about long form content, we're talking about anything from a podcast to a blog, to a video, to a digital download. Anything which isn't housed on social media is longer than an Instagram caption and forces someone to take an action to go to. Now, you might be asking me, Alice, why would I want to create long form content? Because it takes more work. It's more input for me. I can just write a long Instagram caption. Hundreds of people are going to see and comment and like. And surely that does the same job. Well, I completely get it. But I think one of the biggest risks that we have within our businesses these days is that we over serve. We're so focused on constantly putting content out there on our social media platforms, which is engaging and entertaining and serving and informing our audience, that often we don't see a return on that. I see it with a lot of the clients that I work with. They're putting so much work and effort and so much of their expertise into giving, but they never manage to get it back there's something about the way that social media platforms are set up where they're just not made for call to actions. They're not made for encouraging people to take a next step. They're made for sharing. And I think when we're thinking about long form content, it's a really powerful way to encourage someone to make an action and to give you something in return. If you have made a really, really incredible blog post, do not break that down on your Instagram and give it to all your followers instantly there as they scroll through. Put it on your website so that when I click through to that blog post, I'm not only served by that amazing piece of content, but I'm in a place to navigate around your website, find out more about what you do and most likely get connected to your business in a deeper way. Putting half of the work that you put into social media right now into creating long form content and housing that on your website, I can promise you it's going to do your business so much good because it's going to get people to a place where they can get connected to the heart of what you do. That's why it's so important that our website does fit that standard function of telling people who we are and what we do and how they can get connected with that, because that really is the thing that we want everyone to know. Yes, you want people to know you're an expert. Yes, you want people to know what your story is and what your message is. But really, I can promise you or assume the thing that really makes a difference in your business is people understanding what you can offer them and them feeling like that is a good fit for them. I would definitely say that it's so much more valuable for me to have 50 people to look on my website than it is to have 500 people to look at my social media. And I think that sometimes that we don't. And I think in this world that really values, you know, social stats and how you look online, we don't always think about that. We're not always considering, is this doing the best for my business in terms of traffic, which actually makes a difference? Or is this just giving me traffic, which makes me feel good, gives me a good statistic and makes me feel like my business is making an impact? I know some of the things that I'm saying in this episode probably sound a bit harsh or to the point, but I genuinely want this episode to get your mind thinking and always give you that reality check of like, okay, maybe I need to think about how I'm being long-term, how I'm building longevity and security into my business and the way that I market it. It's also worth noting that when it comes to long form content, of course, not all of your audience is going to look at that. I have an audience probably total over everything of about 2,000. The people that listen to this podcast are a fraction of that. The people that subscribe to my emails are a fraction of that. The people that watch the long form content in terms of videos that I put online are a fraction of that. But that fraction are the most engaged people and the most engaged are the people that I am interested in focusing on because they are going to be the people that are going to make a difference in my business, aka those are the people that are going to buy a product when I put it out there. Those are the people that are going to be excited about a launch in my business. Those are the people that are going to share what I do with their audience because they really like my message. I think sometimes we need to stop focusing on the mass and start focusing on the minority who are really going to make a difference in our business. And I know it's kind of backwards because what we're used to with social media is wanting to serve everyone and wanting to attract huge numbers. But if you can get 50 people who adore what you do, who are super aligned with your message and who are really relevant for what you offer, I can promise you that is the most valuable thing you can have. Over tens of thousands of people on Instagram, even having the swipe up feature, if those people are not engaged and you might be thinking well how do I get those engaged people well it's by implementing what I've been talking about here and really getting intentional about how you're serving people if you can serve the top 10% of your audience with long-form content rather than averagely serving all of them with social media content I can promise you that is going to make such a difference in your business now you might be thinking okay long-form content sounds good but Alice. Are you being dim because some of that content still involves a third-party platform and I get it you are probably listening to this podcast right now on iTunes or Spotify that is a third-party platform you might be reading someone's blog on a third-party platform you might be um, watching someone's videos on Vimeo or YouTube yet again third-party platform and I know I probably sound like a bit of a walking hypocrite right now but the difference is with those platforms to social media is that they are made with the creator in mind I pay to use iTunes. I am iTunes customer. Therefore, I can pretty much trust with everything in me that iTunes is continually going to make decisions with my best interest at the center of it. I'm not worried about, you know, iTunes or Spotify or my podcast host making changes to their algorithm, which is going to negatively affect me because I am paying to be on this platform. So therefore, I trust that the decisions that they make as I'm their customer is going to be with my best interest at the center. That's the difference between third party platforms for hosting content and social media, because social media, you are not their customer. I'm not Instagram's customer. The big brands who are spending, you know, millions every single year in advertising, that is their customer. And actually one of the amazing things that these third party platforms like iTunes, like YouTube um, are doing is allowing us to grow an audience on them. People don't just listen to this podcast, they can subscribe to it. People don't just watch our YouTube videos, they have them shop in their subscription boxes. And what that does is again begins to build you an audience who are going to stick around and be there even when social media won't. This platform for me is so powerful within this podcast because if my Instagram goes tomorrow, whether it's because I get hacked or my audience just is no longer there or Instagram decides to change the algorithm and it doesn't work out for me, I feel okay about the longevity of my business and the way that I can market myself because I've got enough people connected to this podcast who are relevant to what I offer that that does not concern me. Now you might be thinking okay well then what do I do? What do I create? Which of these long-term content shall I focus on? And I get it because one of the things I think we almost need to focus on more is doing less. Even off the back of this episode what I don't want you to do is do absolutely everything that I've told you to do. I want you to put every single thing that I ever say on this podcast in fact through a filter of figuring out if it's a good fit for you and your business. I'm a big believer in the fact that as business owners we know what's best for our businesses and it's the same when it comes to content. I'm not telling you right now to go start a mailing list, refresh your website and start a video series, a blog and also a podcast. What I am telling you is to consider how some of these might be the right fit for you, your audience and your business. So when you're thinking about maybe which of these pieces of long form content you want to use, I want you to ask yourself three questions. The first of those is which is most accessible to my audience? Which of these platforms is my audience using the most? Which of these platforms is my audience on the most? And therefore, which of these platforms would be best for me to share on? The second question will be which one will house and amplify my message the best? If you are doing a DIY series, putting it on a podcast probably isn't the best idea putting it into a blog or even to a video where it's very visual probably is a better idea for that it's really important to also ask yourself that question i think because sometimes people miss that out and actually just go okay i've got a message i've got an audience i'm just going to shove it out and actually we don't think about how the way that you share that content and the context and the format of it really does change the way that it's received and how well that message is put out there And then the third question I want you to ask yourself, which is just as important as the other two, is will it spark joy for you? Last year in my business, I went through a real process of being okay with the fact that I did not enjoy blogging. I was feeling a really outward pressure because supposedly everyone else was doing it and it was what I needed to do to be successful. And I was putting a pressure on myself that I needed to create that content. But the reality was my blogs were never that successful because they were never feeling like something that I wanted to create. one of the most important questions to ask yourself is is this something that I will feel passionate about because if it is the way that you create it will a be so much more joyful for you and enjoyable but also your audience will be able to tell when we create something which really comes from the heart and really feels like a good fit for us it makes a difference to the way that it comes across so just make sure that you ask yourself those three questions which is is this accessible to my audience aka are they using this platform or do they like this format Which format will amplify my message the best and which format will spark joy for me? So there we have it. Three different ways that you can diversify and secure your marketing and your business. The first one was email marketing. The second one was your website and the third one was long form content. I hope for you this episode has got your mind thinking about what you can do to really secure the way that you market your business this year. I know this podcast has probably opened up more questions and thoughts in your mind than it has answered them. But that's kind of what I wanted it to do. And there's obviously other places that you can go to find out more information about those specific topics. Obviously, I mentioned the episode I did back on episode number 16, all about stepping up your email marketing. So go and have a listen to that one if you really want to understand what to share on email marketing and how to do it in a way that's really going to engage your business and be most effective. I've also got an episode up with Charlotte Russell from Media Lux where we talked about the fundamentals of an effective website. So if you want to dive a bit more into that and maybe start the year off by refreshing your website and stepping it up, then go and have a listen to that one. I believe that was episode number 19. I will link both of those episodes down in the show notes so you can go and check those out. But I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I would encourage you to go and connect with me over on Instagram because starting this month, January 2019, every single month of the year, I'm going to be doing a competition where I'll pick one person who has reviewed this podcast to win a prize chosen by me from a small business. So if you review the podcast, you are entered for every single entry ever, as in, When I, you know, do February's competition, it'll be everyone who has written a review before February. So if you write a review, you never know, you might win something. And the sooner you review, the sooner you're going to win. So go and connect with me over on Instagram where I'm going to share what January's prize is and tell you the T's and C's. Although, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. You leave a review, you write some nice words about the podcast if you like it, and then you might win something everybody's a winner in that situation but thank you for tuning in today i'll be back next monday with a guest episode talking all about building sustainability into your business in terms of your workload and your impact on the environment unintentionally there seems to be a bit of a focus on this podcast at the moment on sustainability and longevity which is amazing I think that's a really great way to start the year not by thinking about doing more and you know reaching big goals but actually by thinking about how we can grow businesses in a way that is sustainable not just for ourselves not just for our businesses but also for the environment so I'll see you next Monday for that episode but thank you for tuning in and I hope you have a great week